0: Welcome to Las Vegas, everybody. This is Ron Cass the Super Tech, here at KSHP in Las Vegas. We do a lot of talking here, mainly tonight. We're going to kind of pretty much be going over anything to do in the automotive field. Now, if anybody out there is having a problem with their car, they don't trust the mechanic they're going to, or they don't even know if they do have a problem with the car, I'll be more than happy to do what I can to see if I can give you a hand. Number here is area code 702 221 7283. Again, you got that two two one seven two eight three. 7283. Call in and we'll see what we can do about getting you on air and see if we can answer your question. Hopefully, save you a lot of money. One of the first things I'm going to kind of go over tonight is uh, over being sponsored by Sun Buggies. They're great, great people. If you are into anything uh, on four wheels, they've got it there. If you like running out in a dune buggy, you want to go out in the desert and have some fun with your girlfriend or your wife or someone you met on the corner. Take her out there. Have a great time. It's more, more fun than going and sitting in a casino and losing $300. It's a lot more fun than that. Um, It's something that would be totally different, something you remember, something you wouldn't expect to do when you're in Las Vegas, but it's a perfect place for it. See Jackie out there? Um, Again, that's Sun Buggies. Wonderful company. Their phone number is 866-728-4443. Or you can just get them on on the app, www.sunbuggies.net. And then you can get it for making an appointment to go there. But just tell them that the Super Tech told you to call them, they'll give you a great deal. Okay? And we have also specials on our talking show, which is called. What do we call our talking show here? Shopping Channel. The Shopping Channel. I'm sure you've heard of them. And you find out and they listen to that long enough, and you might hear some special deals coming up. Call in, ask for Mark, and uh, tell him that uh, Ron from Super Tech told you to call. He'll give you a good deal. He's got them on there as well. Okay? Um, So now we're going to get into um, basically what we're dealing with right now because of the uh, COVID thing because of our changes in our natural life right now which things are going on um, mechanics are becoming far and few between out there the mechanics that we're learning in the process of being trained from being a mechanic to a technician that's kind of dropped off and the way I say that is that a mechanic is someone who knows how to grab a half-inch wrench and fix your car, but you give him a computer, you'd have no idea. Technician's the guy with the computer, but you wouldn't be able to find out what a 10-millimeter ratchet is. He wouldn't know. The problem is we can't find people enough that are connected together, that know both ends, to supply the amount of business and work that's out there because so many things happened and so many shops went out of business. A lot of them were in the middle of training. They stopped training because they're getting some government subsidized now, so they're not working. So it's affecting the cost of getting your car repaired. Most of the time, it used to be you could take your car in today and pick it up either this afternoon or tomorrow. You're looking at an average of three to four days now to get your car back for a basic repair job. You know, it's like a water pump. It used to come in the morning take it out at night. It's very, very, very hard to find any shop that's able to do that right now, let alone get you in before they can find a mechanic to work on the car. So it's becoming more evident nowadays that you really need to know more about your car yourself, as it was, you know, 40 years ago that most people owned a car, most men knew how to work on the car. They knew how to fix things. Ever since the wonderful world of the check engine light came out and the computer passed us up, which is me as well, um, it became an electronic situation, and it required somebody with more electronic knowledge of how a computer system works, more understanding in it. And that led to a new breed of tech mechanic, which we now call technicians, which I guess at the same time does raise the price. But it's really getting to be a very limited source of men or women that know how to do that job. I don't know why. Um, I would think it's a could be a great career because you'd be very valuable nowadays in today's world. But it's very hard now for anybody to get a car fixed and uh, get it done at a good price. You don't want them to be making up on you what they weren't making on the other two cars that didn't come in that they're expected to have come in to cover their rent. So that kind of makes you one nervous when you go into there now. Um, if they're giving you a great deal, that means that they're not really doing what they're going to be doing or they're a great friend to you, one of the two. But they're not going to give you stuff for free now because none of the shops can afford that. So they're going to charge you for every little thing there is. And they're going to upsell you as much as they can just to keep their doors open. It's just a change in life. I guess we're going to have to get used to it. Kind of of is not a good thing. But what do you do? You know, whenever something goes one way, you figure out a way to go the other way to compensate for it. And we always have and we always will. This is what America is about. We always find a way to compensate for downsides. So I'm going to have no worry about it. I know things will always get better. We are just going to learn a new way to handle our situations, right? There you go. So don't ever let it get you down. Um, some of the things that, that I've learned when you're going into shop, and as I, like I said, I've I've got about 40 years' experience in the automotive repair business. I ran eight different car dealerships. I also drove NASCAR for about 30 years. So I have a lot of experience behind me, and a lot of it's been bad experience as well as been good experience, both sides. You learn from when things that happen. I've had different technicians work for me that were great, and I've had other ones that I wouldn't let, you know, put a bottle of water on my front seat of the car. And you get rid of them real quick. But the problem is, as a customer, when you go in, you really don't know what you're dealing with, who you're dealing with. You know the manager there. And managers in most places now, what I'm finding, we're never technicians. They're more business managers. So they can't answer the certain questions you may have about a repair that's needed. They get an invoice from the technician or the mechanic that says it needs something. The manager or the salesman tries to sell it to you, but when you ask them proper questions, they can't explain to you. That's when they bring in the mechanic. Now, you're very lucky if you get them to bring a mechanic that actually can speak the same language as you so that you can understand what he's talking about. That's getting to be a rarity as well. So, certain things I like to ask them if, if someone tells me something's wrong with my car, ask them if that's really what's causing you to have the problem that you're having. You may have things wrong with your car that aren't causing you to have the problem that you're having. So do they need to be attended right now? Most of the time, no. Most of the time, as long as you know about them, you can pay attention to it. A lot of things you can do yourself. A lot of things you can wait till next month and two months later when you got more money. But right at the moment, what's more important is that you're able to fix what's wrong with the car right now. That's what's important. Anybody can go fill up. You know, when you're hungry, it's easy to say, fill up my refrigerator. But when you're hungry, you'll take that that cheeseburger. be great. Just at least that one thing in your refrigerator. On a car, it's gotten to be so expensive. We can't redo the whole of car all at once, and the cars do new when they start wearing out. They wear out in times when there's not so much extra money around it, like times like right now, we're trying to cut back as much as we can, so you want to make sure that that what's wrong with the car is exactly causing the problem that you're having so ask the mechanic, a technician if you get to talk to him or the service manager, whoever it may be that's doing the the uh relating the situation to you if that's causing the problem that you're having with the car p doesn't really know he says it might be he says, well, see, then you ask him this and tell him a question. If that doesn't cure that problem, will you do this repair for free or will you continue repairing it at no charge? Whatever else it takes to get it done, which is not, you can't guarantee me it's going to be done right now. If a mechanic or its manager can't guarantee you that he's going to do what he says he's going to do at a price that he quotes you, and he's not sure about really what's wrong with it, do you really want him to work on you? Do you really want him to work on that car? you really want them to possibly take advantage of you? In the end, you need the car fixed. That's a, a back that every technician knows, every manager knows you need the car fixed, or you wouldn't be there. And sometimes you get to the point where, well, I guess you get frustrated and you just don't want to deal with it anymore, so just you say, oh, well, just do whatever it takes, fix whatever it takes. Well, that's an open ticket to anybody, and that you don't want. You know, when you got to go work two weeks at work just a paper repair, that you really could have got done in a half a day. You could have got it done yourself in most cases. That can be frustrating and can be very tight on your budget. And right now, budgets are very important. They're very important to everybody. And without a car, we can't go earn money to fill that budget, can we? So we need that car running as best as possible for the purposes that you are using it. If you haven't got much money and you need some tires, do you have to buy brand-new tires at $800 or $1,000? You can get by with some used tires that cost you a couple hundred. They'll get you around for twenty, fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 miles. In 20,000 miles from now, sure, you'll probably be better off. You'll be able to new tires if you need them. But between now and then, you can go with the used tires. And most of the cars nowadays, um, in the old days, we used to do wheel alignments. And you will find that cars nowadays really don't take a wheel alignment because there's nothing really that's adjustable up there. Everything's all set on a geometric form. That that's the way it is based on a certain height of the car. The factory height of the car is basically an inch and three-quarters taller than what it recommends when you're when you you're driving the car around. Because it has to shrink a little bit from breaking in the springs. And the angles of everything are what controls your alignment. Most of the cars now, I'd say at least 90% that you have a problem with they're drifting or their pulling one way or anything else, it's usually a tire. Tires have a belt inside. It's made out of steel. And they'll slide one way or the other inside the tire. And it will cause the car to want to go that direction that belt turn. You'll have a great amount of tread in it. But very rarely do radios ever wear out to where they're bald. bald. I don't think I've... To be honest with you, I don't really think I've ever seen a bald radial. They're not like the old tires. They'll have a lot of tread on them, but they have internal situational problems. And they will cause what we used to call an alignment problem, which now is just a pulling problem because the tires are directional. Okay, So if something inside goes a little crooked, the car's going to want to pull that way. To test that, To make sure that's really what it is have your tires rotated if that pulling goes away that drifting goes away you know it was one of the front tires so now they're on the back it really won't cause much of a problem on the back as it does become an irritant on the front because you're constantly trying to pull the car back but that's a way to test it that it'll cost you $20 versus testing it for $500 if that cures the problem but they're trying to sell you an alignment does that make any sense the alignment's not the problem it's not going to cure the problem the tire problem, A tire is the problem. A lot of shops will say, "Well, you need alignment and tire rotation." What was really the problem? Well, it wasn't the alignment because there's no real alignment. They rotated the tires. That took care of the problem. They knew that. They knew that when they quoted you. But because we have been, most people have been trained as well as mine. So, the tires and tire rotation, alignment and tire and tire rotation kind of go together, hand in hand. You just automatically. It's like French fries without ketchup. You always get ketchup when you order fries. So it's just some things that we've grown up to being used to. And we ask for those things now. We expect those things now. Because of that, the technology has changed so much. And a lot of the people have not gone to a technician lately for any kind of major problems. So what's going wrong with the new cars nowadays is a lot different than what went wrong with the cars 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. And you got to kind of maybe move on a little bit and move up to what technology offers. Um, it's just like everywhere. Like Nowadays we use computers Before we were everybody loved a BIC BIC was the best pet on the market Most people don't even know what a BIC is anymore Nobody writes everything down Everything's on your phone If you lose your phone you lose your life Everything's gone All the memories you got, phone numbers How many people even remember phone numbers anymore That's how much has changed That's how much has changed So be very open about what you ask the technician Make sure he explains it to you In a term that you understand that makes sense in your world, not in his, if he keeps trying to talk to you above your ability because you don't work on that stuff every day, you don't really understand it, and he seems to be irritated because you're asking questions, don't have that person work on your car. You need to know what's being done in your car. For what it costs nowadays, you need to know what's being done in your car, why is it being done, and is it a guarantee what you expect when you pick up the car? Because after you pay for the car and you drive out of there and it's not right, Go back for an explanation. They'll come up with that new thing at that time. And they won't guarantee it. But they say, well, we tried that. We thought that would take care of it. Obviously, it didn't. So we'll give you a discount on the next thing. Well, the next thing is something else they're trying. But they're trying that on your debit card. Okay? So make sure that when they do give you a price, you say to them, is that going to cure the problem I'm having? And if it doesn't cure the problem, will you fix anything else it takes to make that problem go away at no charge? See what they got to say. If they say no you really want them logically to work on your car when they're telling you it might be this and it might be that, they should give you you that guarantee afterwards. I want the guarantee up front. I think they have a responsibility for what they're doing as far as the diagnostics to give you that guarantee up front. If it means you need to pay them $50 for a more in-depth diagnostic, then pay the $50 for the more in-depth diagnostic so that you agree with what they're telling you. You don't want anybody at all to try and talk to you about things you don't know about. Cars are a big investment. Cars are used cars now have all went up 43% over last year. That's how much they've gone up, along with it has repairs gone up as well. That goes one in hand in one. The new cars now, look at the average new cars. 40, 50, 60, 70,000 on the trucks. That's what houses used to cost. Now it costs for a truck. So in relation when you take it in to get it fixed, the charge for repairing it is going to be that high. Just as a Jaguar, a Mercedes um, all those type of things, they're a part. They're a physical part. Whether you take a part of Mercedes or you take a part of Ford Escort, you're still taking apart the same pieces of equipment. But because the emblems says Mercedes, it's much more expensive for the labor. And that's how labor is figured out when you go to the labor manual, find out what it costs. Not because it's harder to work on. If it's harder to work on, then you can charge you more labor no matter what kind of car you have. And whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But up front, you have a higher labor rate on the more expensive cars for no reason at all. And in reality, the more expensive cars, once you get to know them really well, in the the area that that I know them as far as the technology area, you'll find out they're actually a lot easier to work on than the old cars. They're more um, mentally, uh, I guess, uh, challenging, more than they are physically challenging in the old days. The old days was something physical. You had to find out what was broken, what was snapped, what was cracked. Now it's more mental because of the computer. The computer will tell you, at what area that problem exists at Once you find out what area it is Then you're supposed to attack that area And you do the physical diagnostics Like you would anything else And find out what's wrong in that area That could possibly cause you to have The light come on, the situation, how you're driving it, or hard to take off from the light or whatever So you need to find those things out When you're speaking with a technician It's very important you just, I, It's hard for me to explain exactly How much they need to talk to you But you got to be able to understand it no matter what you do if you're a cook someplace or if you're a barber, there's a certain procedures that you follow based on certain things that happen as you're going along. Well, the same thing as being a mechanic. Same thing is there. certain procedures. Now, they got to be able to explain it to you that if you were a barber or anything else like that, you would understand it in a term that you understand that kind of logic, where it makes sense to you. If it doesn't make sense, find yourself another technician, okay? So it's very, very important that you keep your mind open, Very important that you keep listening to everything they have to say to you and ask questions. We're going to go for a short break right now. We'll be right back. This is Super Tech. Call in if you have any questions.
1: Adventure awaits you at Sun Buggy today, located directly across from Las Vegas Motor Speedway with 15,000 acres of fun from door to door. Drivers must be 18 years of age or older and have a valid driver's license. For reservations, call 866-728-4443 today. Open daily from 6 a.m. to midnight. Sun Buggy appreciates you. Have an unforgettable experience with us today.
0: Buckle up, get ready. Here from KSHP 1400 AM radio, it's Ron Katz, also known as the Super Tech. To help you understand the automotive world in today's terms, every week will be a new topic. 40 years experience in automotive repair and stock car racing. Call-ins are welcome here in Las Vegas, 702-221-7283. 6 p.m. Monday nights after the Shopping Channel.
2: Welcome to the Nellis Dunes. I'm Malibu, and this is Sunbuggy Fun Run. Fifteen thousand acres for you, the family, or friends to play on for a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half. We've got two-seaters, four-seaters, six-seaters, nine-seaters, ATVs. Whatever you need, we have it. Hey guys, welcome to the desert. We are the premier off-road adventure tour company anywhere in the world. We have over 150 seats available, so we can cater to couples, bachelor parties, all the way up to corporate events with uh, up to 1,000 people. And we do offer tours to anywhere from mild uh, and scenic to wild and crazy. Our vehicles are built right here at our Vegas facility with certified US Steel, and their primary purpose is for you to have fun. Open 365 days a year, we run our Vegas Mini Baja Chase seven times a day, an all-inclusive experience, including your hotel shuttle and uh, the reservation line is 24 hours a day. If you'd like more details, go to sunbuggy.com or just pick up the phone and give us a ring. This right here, this is the dirtiest thing you can do in Vegas without getting in trouble when you go home.
0: Welcome back everybody, this is Super Tech Ron Katz, again, brought to you by Sun Buggies. A wonderful place to go out and just uh, get your energy going, especially here in the desert. Um, the next thing I'm going to go to is things that you can do on the car yourself, you don't need a technician for. Things that you're going to notice by doing these things, you're going to save yourself a lot of money, okay? But those who know something about computers, they know they've developed a memory. And just like your computer at home. It can develop so much so much information to it that it slows down. We both agree on that, right? So that computer that's slowed down is not going to react as quickly as one that's fresh and brand new. Basic logic. So your computer in your car develops memories based on your driving techniques or the person before you use driving techniques in order to keep the emissions as low as possible and to get your best gas mileage based on the driving techniques that it understands. Okay, as the car starts getting a little older, things start getting a little dirtier, um, sensors don't work as quickly as they once did when they were first, uh, installed as a brand new thing. Your computer is constantly trying to compensate for that. If you notice, there's not many cars that really smoke anymore. You don't see much of that. Most of the complaints that people have is they get bad gas mileage. That's a little bit sluggish off the line. That's a normal complaint. There's no tune-ups really needed much anymore. 110,000. They'll say, say a tune-up, is not like what it used to be. It's not a matter of replacing spark plugs. A lot of times you don't even need to replace them. Let's go back to the computer. then. The computer system on the car, basically, you're just a passenger. The computer's doing all the the calculation, making all the decisions, knows how much gas to shoot into the injectors. It knows basically everything it needs to do in order to make that car as efficient as possible and run as best as possible. Now, under those conditions, it's having to do a lot of compensation. Okay. The condition, meaning just basic dirt that gets worn up inside, just like if you use your barbecue over and over and over and over and over again, eventually you, if you, you won't see nothing on that charcoal grill but crud. You won't see nothing on the bar, top, bottom of the barbecue except for that crud. Well, that's the burn-off of the burning of the charcoal. Well, when cylinder gets gasoline shot into it, gasoline, the burning of gasoline does not give you power. A lit match does not give you any power, but an explosion does give you power. Now, an explosion will leave behind residue, okay? So you figure that each one of those cylinders that you got in the car, every time it explodes, in order to give you the power to push the piston back, leaves a bit of residue. That residue eventually collects on the tops of the rings, on the valves, collects around the oil rings and all that type of stuff, and affects your compression. And it also, when the gasoline shoots into it, just like you do with your barbecue and lighter fluid, when you shoot a little fluid in there, a little bit of that fluid will soak into the residue, the old charcoal, and it won't light. But you put new fluid on top of it that will light the barbecue, the charcoal, the barbecue, everything internally. So the same thing with gasoline. It sparks, sparks, and gasoline shoots in, and it doesn't light. It picks it up. It knows when it's not lighting. So it shoots in a little more gasoline on the top of that carbon deposit. It's called increased fuel flow. Once it does that, that will ignite, and off it goes. But that takes time. And that time is what gives you your little bit of sluggishness when you first take off from a light. Your acceleration when you don't really have that snap that you would had when it was new. That's the cause of that. A piece of paper on the top of a piston, the thickness of that equals one point of compression. So it's very sensitive. The new cars are very sensitive because the computer is monitoring it. The old days the computer didn't monitor. You didn't know any of this was going on. The car didn't run that sensitive, that perfect, the mileage wasn't that great. So you never knew any of this was even happening. But now you do. So you take the car into the technician you think You say, well, I think I need a tune-up. Well, that word is basically non-existent anymore, non-existent. You don't need a tune-up. You need to find out what the exact problem that you're having with is, and explain that to the technician. Tell him when you're having the problem, what it does, and if he's knowledgeable, if he's knowledgeable, he'll know how to fix it for you. The light won't be on. You don't need the light on for this. The light may come on sometimes, and if it comes up as an oxygen sensor as a throttle body switch, TPS, those type of things, Those are affected by that carbon, okay? Now, there are ways to cure that yourself. There are very good ways. There's a chemical on the market. called polyurethamine. That chemical is the only one that really will dissolve the carbon deposits without smoking. It does it really slow, one micron at a time. Um, Chevron is uh, one of the companies that has that. It's called Techron, And you need to get it, though, in a stronger baseline container. Which means you want to take about two bottles of that, 2 8 80-ounce bottles, put it in with a full tank of gas, and drive the car for about 200 miles to all that. Most of the gasoline has gone. You're down to the eighth of a tank. At that point, your computer has built up a new memory, but it hasn't activated yet because it's still got to get rid of the old memory. That's where you're going to go disconnect the battery for about 10 minutes. That clears the computer out. Not a scanner. The battery, that clears it out. Then connect it back up. Now, during the time it's hot, you do it at night when it's hot when you come in, and then put it and then in, in the morning when you go get in the car, it's already you connect it back up after ten minutes. Go drive the car. Now the program that's been put on the side from your driving techniques can be entered into the computer. Okay, so you drive the car for about maybe ten miles, fifteen miles. You're gonna start noticing that you got a lot of snap that you never had. You notice a little better gas mileage kind of goes on. You notice the idles a little bit better. You don't feel that rumble. You'll feel things that are just kind of like the things that set off where you thought it might have been a tune-up because you were noticing you wanted to get those things done before it became a problem, you'd notice those things are gone. Okay, That's today's tune-up. tune means to get everything in precise measurement so that it operates correctly. Fuel is an exact amount that goes into the engine based on the compression, based on the injectors, and termine, where it can be a complete explosion which will push the piston down and should not leave anything behind. But in 20, 30, 40,000 miles, it does. You can't stop that from happening. That's when you want to get it cleaned out. You don't need smart plugs. There's no timing to control because you have nothing. Your computer's controlling your timing. You have no. You can't increase air flow. You can't increase any kind of stuff. That's all controlled by the computer. So the computer now will mem- has memorized because you drove it for 200 miles. After you t- disconnect the computer, you will put a new program in that computer. And now all of a sudden that car's going to start running the way you want it to run, the way you designed it. That'll cost you about $20 in a repair shop. You're looking at about 250, okay? That's one of the things they do nowadays that because of the world of tune-up, um, as far as the generalized going over the injury has disappeared. Now you've got to be more precise on exactly what you're going to cure. And it's always, like I said, back to the beginning, based on what your complaint is and what your problem is. A lot of cars will get alternators replaced on them when there's nothing wrong with an alternator. It's usually the battery. The old days of a generator, if your battery was bad, you would know if your alternator was bad, you'd know that was common. Now your battery goes bad and they don't go out like they used to in old days. They just short out now and one day you're gonna go out there and turn it. And if you're lucky, you'll notice they're cranking over really slow, because that's a hint. But normally you've got to you turn the key and you just got no power. It's gone. It's like someone took the battery out of the car. Now remember, a generator can only generate electricity based on the flow. If the battery goes bad nowadays, because of the way they're designed, the flow stops in the battery, so in turn the alternator will appear, but it's not working because it can't charge anything because there's no connection, no flow. So when they test your system, they're going to test, oh, you're not putting out a voltage. You need an alternator a battery. The reason your battery went dead is because your alternator is no good. Trust me, put a battery in it, you're going to find your alternator is going to be great again. Didn't need to do it. But there's not much money in doing a battery. The money's made in doing the alternator. That's where the profit's really made in a repair shop. So you gotta be kinda of careful on what you're being told from these guys. You gotta know that they're being honest and have them prove that to you. Why are you there have them put a battery in it and start it and not check the alternator and see what it does. And take a look at it yourself. Go out there and take a look at the voltmeter meter and see how many volts you're putting on. After they put the battery in it. You might find out that they were trying to sell you something you didn't need. It only takes a few minutes to walk out there and look at the voltmeter meter and see everybody can read ten volts, eleven volts, twelve volts, thirteen volts. And you know you need at least thirteen in there while the engine's running. And you can look there and see it So, if I need an alternator, why am I putting up 13 volts right now? Either it works or it doesn't work, there's no excuses. There's no way they can tell you it's something else, it's not that. That would be a story just to get you to buy something that you don't need to be a car. And nowadays, as tough as it is to survive out there, you need to make sure your car is done as inexpensively as possible, which leads over to more of the honesty that you need from technicians nowadays. You work together. You find a technician that actually tells you the total truth Whatever it costs to fix it, if you believe him, if he can prove it to you that he's telling you the truth, you've got to do it. You've got to get it done because if you don't get it done, that will break down. But that takes a relationship that you need to have with your technician. Okay? It takes time, questions, ask a lot of things. Don't so ever say, well, whatever it is, go ahead and fix it. I don't want to know. Don't ever say that. You might as well just give the guy your debit card, tell him your PIN number, and then come back the next day after he's used it all. That's exactly what you're doing. So don't ever do that anymore. Um, and now with today's Lack of technicians that are out there. You're dealing with a lot of guys that really don't know what they're doing. A lot of guys that are just training. They may have one technician there, but trust me, I've been a technician for a long time, and when someone comes up asks me questions all the time, I get irritated. It's enough for me to deal with my own um, analogies of what I'm working on, my own work that I'm doing, without helping somebody else out of figure out how to, how to repair a car. That part has not changed. So the guys that are learning how to fix cars now are guys that really have had not much experience before especially in that field. They may have worked on their own car, their old Chevy one day, and now they think they're mechanics. Look around in the shop, see what you see for boxes of tools. If they have no toolboxes, they're just working on a little bench box. That gives you a hint to the type technician that you're really using, that's working on your car. You know, If you see a person that is clean and efficient, and it looks like he cares about your car, he cares about himself, then you can work with the guy the guy looks like something that just came in off the street because his box wouldn't hold up anymore look at him, see what you think he's going to do do you want that gentleman sitting on your seat do you want him grabbing your steering wheel does he look like he's ever had a chance to even drive a car like yours before those are things that you have to develop now because of, there are just so few shops out there that have any mechanics in them anymore look around the shops so if you see a bunch of cars piled up outside I guarantee you're going to find maybe only one or two mechanics there and how long will your car stay piled up what corners are they going to cut to get your car done because they need the money? Best thing nowadays to do is this: whenever you go see a mechanic, take somebody with you that kind of understands the automotive business so that they can be under at least a second opinion of what the guy's doing. Um, have somebody that you trust that really you can believe that will do it. And if you can, if you know somebody, get your car checked out before you go. And then if you got to go get it then listen to what they tell you is wrong with it. You've know, someone that told you one way Someone told you another way. Who's telling you the truth? Most of the time, it's your friend that will tell you the truth. Most of the time, the person that ain't making any money on you will tell you the truth. And that was a problem back a long time ago. But now, because everything is hidden away in the computer, you can't see what's not working. You can't see what's broken. You don't see that that part being disconnected anymore. You don't see the smoke coming out. You don't see the oil coming out of the car. You don't see that stuff anymore. So your basic logic on whether you should fix your car is based on the person telling you. And that's why mechanics are so tough to find. It should actually pay double what it pays right now. And then we get a lot better technicians in there. The cars are doubled in price. Why hasn't the pay gone up and required better technicians to be on the market? Better mechanics that know what they're doing because they're going to be getting paid to know what they're doing. That's, something, that's a bridge that hasn't been crossed right yet. Right now the shops aren't making much money so they don't pay the mechanics too much money. But you're the one paying a lot of money and you got guys working in a car that aren't very trained. It's kind of a, a thing that's not so good for the world, I guess. But we'll deal with it, right? So that's one thing you want to do as far as any tune-up on your car. You know what to do now. Tune up the car yourself. See what happens afterwards. If it's got a major misfire or it dies or it, it really is an obvious problem, that's something different, then you take it in and you have them do what I said, have them prove to you exactly what's wrong with it. But just because it just doesn't have enough zip that it once had or it doesn't get the mileage that it had or runs a little rough now and then, you can do that yourself. Um, I'm sure you know more about computers than I do, so I'm sure you can figure that out. It's not a hard thing to figure out. Um, now we're going to go to the thing that a lot of people used to do all the time buy their own parts. I don't recommend that. Reason being, there are multiple parts for one car that are just a different little bit of difference to each part. Even if it could be for the same car. But a lot of times they change production mid year. The uh, next sure year, car comes out, it's a different type of part. So, And then once you get the part, there's some parts houses that won't take them back. But the ones that will, will tell you what well, they got to order in the right part. Then you're going to wait another day or two. And there's kind of a penalty you pay for getting the wrong part from a part house, which is something I found out. It's kind of like a little thing where you're going to get the wrong part from us and you want us to order the right part, and That's going to be a day or two. That happens, too. So I don't recommend getting your own parts. Um, the money you're going to save is going to be minimal. Know what your cost on the part is uh, as a backup mentally, so you know pretty much what the retail is in a part. If you can get the part that is retail at most of your parts houses for 275 or 300 and the repair shop wants to charge you 550 you know I don't need to teach you that. You know that's something that's wrong. And then you get a feeling of kind of what they're being done to you from the repair shop. It gives you an idea of the quality of the shop. But don't buy your own parts anymore. It's not recommended. Like I said, there are too many parts for cars nowadays. that are specific to a type of car, year, year model the car is type of engine that's in it what size wheels you have on the car quite a few different things make a difference on parts now they'll ask you questions when you're in a parts store you won't even be able to answer it'll just frustrate you and then you take the car in you drop it off you give them the parts the technician's really not very happy about it because he knows there's a good chance he'll take it apart and your part won't fit the other car sits on the rack for a day or two takes up space that's one of the reasons they don't like you to bring in your own parts so I don't recommend it anymore unless you're going to do it yourself Okay. Um, Nothing. Car auctions I'm sure a lot of you are looking into going to car auctions They're a great place to buy a car they really are. You can get some great deals on them But you need to have somebody there that knows about cars Someone that knows Because a certain every car Has its characteristics Every car make and model Has its way of driving The situation or problems that develop What goes bad in the car What doesn't go bad in the car because we have cars that are made from all around the world. And everybody's technician that works in that part of the world understands the car. But the car comes here, and you got one technician that's working on cars that are all different things. Like, remember the days of Chrysler when they were going broke. they The only way they were able to stay alive was so they had to produce a certain amount of miles per gallon per car in order for the government to continue their loan, and they had to eliminate all the eight Zona motors. Okay? So they came out with the Dodge areas of Plymouth Horizon... The Omni, those type of things. The Omnis, the Ryzen areas, all would use either a Mitsubishi motor or they had a Volkswagen Scirocco motor in them. They weren't Chrysler. They had Saab transmissions in most of them. They weren't Chrysler. They were missing window regulators and stuff in their command. They weren't put in the cars at the factories. They were missing. So you had a lot of technicians that were very upset because they never worked on foreign cars before. They worked on a Chrysler. You know, they worked on a it was a two-liter Volkswagen motor and had a Mitsubishi four two-barrel carburetor on it. How can you put a Mitsubishi Japanese carburetor on a German motor? Well, Chrysler did it. Didn't work out very well. Had all kinds of problems, but it was the only way they could get a car to give a certain amount of miles per gallon. And then to even get it better than that, they bought out the um, um, one of the companies that was making these small little cars, bought them out in Korea, and they put them on the market under the Chrysler name. Another thing that Chrysler technicians did not like working on. So, it's it's got to be careful when you're getting cars worked on nowadays at the dealership because some of the cars now are not what they're used to. Okay, um, be careful what you got. Know where your engine's built when you when you buy the car. Know if that engine is is from that manufacturer or if it's from an aftermarket manufacturer. Somebody outside they had put engines in. If it's not, if you buy a Nissan it's got a Toyota engine in it, you buy a Chevy, it's got a German motor in it, you know you're going to have more of an expense when you go to get it repaired. Because most technicians won't want to work on it. If they work in a Chevy, they're only going to work Chevy. And everybody stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome to the Nellis Dunes. I'm Malibu, and this is Sun Buggy Fun Run. 15,000 acres for you, the family, or friends to play on for a half hour, an hour, an hour and a half. We've got two-seaters, four-seaters, six-seaters, nine-seaters, ATVs, whatever you need, we have it. Hey guys, welcome to the desert. We are the premier off-road adventure tour company anywhere in the world. We have over 150 seats available, so we can cater to couples, bachelor parties, all the way up to corporate events with uh, up to 1,000 people. And we offer tours anywhere from mild uh, and scenic to wild and crazy. Our vehicles are built right here at our Vegas facility with certified US Steel, and their primary purpose is for you to have fun. Open 365 days a year, we run our Vegas Mini Baja chase seven times a day, an all-inclusive experience, including your hotel shuttle and uh, the reservation line is 24 hours a day. If you'd like more details, go to sunbuggy.com or just pick up the phone and give us a ring. This right here, this is the dirtiest thing you can do in Vegas without getting in trouble when you go home.
0: Buckle up, get ready. Here from KSHP 1400 AM Radio, it's Ron Katz, also known as the Supertech. To help you understand the automotive world in today's terms, Every week will be a new topic. 40 years experience in automotive repair and stock car racing. Call-ins are welcome here in Las Vegas, 702-221-7283. 6 p.m. Monday nights after the Shopping Channel.
1: Adventure awaits you at Sun Buggy today, located directly across from Las Vegas Motor Speedway, with 15,000 acres of fun from door to door. Drivers must be 18 years of age or older and have a valid driver's license. For reservations, call 866 728 4443 today. Open daily from 6 a.m. to midnight. Sun Buggy appreciates you. Have an unforgettable experience with us today
0: welcome back everybody again this is ron Katz, SuperTech here at las vegas kshp giving you all the information that i come up with and hope that hopefully you save some money on getting your car fixed and help you maybe when you buy a car it's getting out of line now so we need need to find a way to control those expenses that have gone out of line. And the reason they've gone out of line is because there's not many people out there that really are around to fix the cars anymore. So you got to do whatever you can to keep your car at the best condition possible at a minimal cost, and that's why I'm here to help you do that. Well, let's go back to what we were talking about at the beginning, was the um, auctions. I recommend going to an auction to get a car if you go to a government auction. I mean, what do you say about government auction? Government means that they, they auction off all the cars that they use for the post office and for the airports and for the state drivers and everybody that drives a car with the government is given a car to drive. So those cars have to be maintained to a particular uh, level in order to be safe. If they have an accident, if a government car runs into you and that vehicle has any issues with tires or brakes or anything else, they are Big time in trouble. They're responsible because the car wasn't maintain, maintained up the level. They have maintenance records that that the uh, people will go through, whoever handled your accident, to see if the maintenance levels are as they should be done on the car so they know that there's nothing factory correct or maintenance-wise wrong with the car. The government has to auction these cars off at least every year. Sometimes they do two and three times depending on how many cars they got. And this way they can get rid of those old ones that they've had for six, seven, eight years with only maybe 40,000 or 50,000 miles, some with 25,000 miles on them so they can purchase the brand new cars. They have to get rid of the old to get the new ones in. These cars are usually used around town. They usually don't go that far. So you, they can keep a car for, you know, six, seven, eight years and only put maybe 30,000 miles on the car. You're getting a great car with low miles on it, but the value of the car is still going to be low because number one, it's at an auction, and number two, because of the year. So you got a car that could be near new. You know darn well it's pretty well in good condition. The car is sold to you with a smog already done on the car, so you know the car runs good, guaranteed. You buy the car at the auction. They come up every once in a while. Um, the main one that I like out here in Vegas is called TNT Auctions. Again, it's T period, N period, T period, auctions. It's a government auction. And they auction up all kinds of computers and trucks and cars and Everything you can imagine the government has to get rid of once a year, this is how they do it. They auction it off and sell it. And public-wise, you're allowed to go there the day before, see what they have, check out the car, see what you like. Then you go there the day after, and that's when you do the bidding on the car. If you win the bid, you get in the car and you drive it home, pay for it right then and there. It's very easy, and uh, I think it's the best way to really get something that's really well cared for. They're not going to have specialty cars. They're not going to have high-performance vehicles. They're going to have what you see on the street. A lot of police cars get sold there. Um, police motorcycles get sold. Quite a few of things like that. It's kind of it's, it's a fun experience, but it's a good way to get a good, good solid car. Um, make sure though, with that, you bring somebody with you that knows about cars because cars have characteristics. So bring somebody with her, you there. Um, you'll find uh, where the auctions are. If you go online to TNTAuctions.com, they'll tell you where they're going to have the auction at and when it's going to be. Um, if you can hold off on buying a car and wait till then because you want something good and reliable, I recommend it. It's a way of getting a used car that you know it's in good condition. It hasn't been Mickey mouse and washed and shined up so it looks like it's in good condition. You'll know it's been taken care of in a good condition. And what it costs nowadays, it's a good thing to have patent on the back knowing that your car has been cared for. It's not been ignored, and it's probably better off than some of the new cars are on the road as far as attendance. Okay? Um, Next little thing we're going to go over to here right now is extended car warranties. I'm sure you hear about them on TV all the time. Now they're up to 200,000 miles. Let's say you got a transmission that goes out on a oh let's say a, a two thousand eighteen Mustang, and the training goes out It's about thirty five hundred four grand. You get one of those extended warranties and then you can buy them up to two hundred thousand. you won't come out there owing anything. It'll be covered for you so you get you buy a new car, you get a warranty on it the warranty's up, and everything's going to cost you money. This way you can take your car that you have, put the warranty on your car. And now you got the same better warranty than you would have in a brand new car most of them cover towing units they cover rental car they'll come and fix it up whatever you need done on your car now you say well i'm not going to pay all that money for warranty when my car is old and it's already paid for it. what would you be paying a month if you went out and bought a new car six seven hundred dollars a month plus another two hundred dollars a month insurance nine hundred dollars a month every month for the next eight years can you afford that but you get the warranty on the car you pay maybe at the most a couple of dollars a month for a few months, whatever you paid off in a year, you're covered completely. You don't have to worry about anything. If the car's got miles on it, it means nothing to you because it's covered. It doesn't make any difference how many miles are on it. If they're going to guarantee your car for another 50,000 miles, do it for the 50,000 or whatever they give you. Drive it. Whatever happens to the car, alternator goes bad. Transmission goes bad. Engine goes bad. Anything, you're covered. You won't have that emergency $5,000 bill that came out of nowhere. Okay? If you're going to keep an older car with high miles on it, I really do recommend those for someone that doesn't work on their own car, for someone that doesn't have an auto repair shop to where they can work on it. Um, it's it's just a it's a less expensive way to get a car that's going to be reliable that if it lets you down, you're covered. Otherwise, like I said, you spend forty five thousand and get something new, and then you're looking at it for the next eight years, you got eight months of payments, eight eight hundred dollars a month payments to constantly make every single month. After about six or seven months, that new car is not so exciting anymore. But they still want that payment. They still gonna want it. Now your car, you get it fixed, it's done. You don't have no payments on the car. Your registration is less expensive. And you got if the engine went bad, they put a new one in. If the training went bad, they put a new one in. They won't cover tires, they won't cover brakes, maintenance items they don't do. But when you have those maintenance items are things that you can cover yourself. But big ticket items, you're covered. That's the one that makes that car end up in the junkyard. That's the one that puts that car on the side of your house and sits there for the next 10 years. Or you give it to somebody for next to nothing because they're going to put an engine in it and you've discounted it. So now you've got to spend another $10,000 down payment to buy another car. You could have spent way, way less than that and had a warranty on the car and the car could have been fixed. And you could be driving it still with a new engine, new transmission, whatever it took, anywhere you want to go. With warranty on it. With a rental car if you need it. Free towing if you need it. In some cases, that's better than what you get on a new car. They don't give you that type of stuff. So, yes, I do recommend it, aftermarket warranties. Because of the cost of repair and because of how long we're keeping cars nowadays, it has become a very, very, very important thing to keep on your car. Fifteen years ago, it really didn't matter because cars didn't last that long anyway, and they only guaranteed your car up to 100,000 miles. Now you're up to 200,000, and that's a common number. There are dealerships now that are selling a lot of cars with 140, 150, 160, 170,000 miles on them right on the front line of a dealership. Because of that good of cars now, what's being made in most instances. But you need a warranty on that car. You need to make sure that you're covered because when something does break on a car that lasts that long, it's an accumulation of all the years that normal things didn't break on the car. Things that you could have done yourself, things that were done yourself, things you could have done for 10 or 50 bucks. because most of the things in a car nowadays are not repair. Most of them are just replacements. Take this up, put another one on. You can't, you can't, everything's sealed up. You can't repair things anymore like in old days. So keep that in mind when you're looking for another car to get some kind of replacement so that you know that what you're driving is safe. You know if your child's driving a car, your wife's driving the car, you know if there's a problem, they got a tow service immediately. You know they're going to get towed. You know they're going to have another car to drive. Your life's not over, okay? It's a great investment. I wouldn't live without it. I think it's a good thing to do nowadays. Like I said, 10, 15 years ago, and I didn't think it was worth it. Now I do. Now I think it's worth it. Okay? Um, another thing we're going to go on to here is that dreaded check engine light. When that check engine light it comes on, it doesn't mean the car's going to blow up. It doesn't mean the car's going to stop on you in the middle of nowhere. It means something needs attention. Okay? If you have an alternator going bad, you're going to get a red light for the alternator. If you have an overheating problem, you're going to get a red light for the overheating. If you have something that's a major breakdown problem, you will get a red light. The yellow light is like it is at a stoplight. It's only a caution, a warning, that you have just a few seconds to get through the light or that you have something of the car that needs some attention, but it's not going to let you down. You need to get it checked out before it becomes expensive. So look at it that way. When the yellow light comes on, it's just something that I need to get paid attention to. Make note of what the car is doing when that light comes on. Are you getting less power? Is it surging? Is it bucking? Um, does it uh, run differently than ever used to because you had the car for a long time write those little things down because when you take it to the technician remember they don't do a smog test anymore they just scan it they put a plug in there and they scan it to all the sensors and motor because that scanner hooks up to everything electronic it doesn't hook up to anything mechanical hooks up to things that are electronic and it'll go through those scanners into the sensors and the sensors will determine on why they're getting a bad reading which is the only thing that will turn on that yellow light a bad reading something that's not programmed on that base of that reading, you'll be able to figure out what you need to get done, what should be done. Is it an emergency or is it not an emergency? Or can you fix it yourself? Okay, So it's very important that you get that taken care of when you get time, not under stress. But don't pull over the car, re- run and take it to a mechanic and drop it there so it's there for six or seven days. Because the car's not going to break down on you. It'll keep on going. The light's on. It doesn't really mean anything other than it's like a warning light, like a, like a stop sign. You just want to make sure you get something looked at before it becomes an expensive item that's what it's on, it's on. check this out before it becomes too expensive Okay, so that's very important on that thing um, uh, some of the other things that, that are really important as well when you're trying to take care of an older car is that pay attention to engine noises pay attention to what you hear in the car sometimes things will make a noise a couple of times, three or four times and then it goes away but the question is why did it make that noise Take it to a mechanic, you know, someone that you trust, explain to him what the noise was because each individual item in the car will make a certain type of noise that no other item in there will make. So if something's making a noise, be able to explain it to your technician what the noise was and he should be able to go to that item and find out why it's making a noise. The squeaky noise of a fan belt is different than the squeaking noise of a windshield wiper across the windshield. They're both squeaky noises, but one's different than the other. Where you hear it at, where you make the noise from, you explain it to the technician. Find out what it is. You may need to take, take care of it. You may not. It may not be something that's going to cause the car to break down. It may be just something that uh, you can do yourself. So don't get all upset. You know, just remember that these older cars aren't meant to last a long time. If you ever have any questions, you're more than welcome to send us in an email. And we'll see what we can do about helping you out on that type of stuff. Um, My email, if you want to send me a question, is kqnanza at icloud.com. Again, that's kqnanza at icloud.com. If you have any questions, send them in to that email. We'll see what we can do about getting those questions answered for you. And uh, make sure that uh, you're taking care of your car. Keep it well. Don't worry about where you're getting your gasoline at. It's all the same gasoline. If the car recommends using certain octane, that's all that matters. Use 87, 89, or 92. But where you buy the gasoline, just make sure you look around and make sure it's a lot less than what you're paying at some other place because they're really varying right now. So until next week comes, thanks to Sun Buggy for their sponsorship, which is fantastic, great people. This is Ron Katz of Super Tech, and we're going to be burning out of here right now.
1: Adventure awaits you
0: up, get ready. Here from KSHP 1400 AM radio, it's Ron Katz, also known as the Super Tech. To help you understand the automotive world in today's terms, every week will be a new topic. 40 years experience in automotive repair and stock car racing. Call-ins are welcome here in Las Vegas, 702-221-7283. 6 p.m. Monday nights after the Shopping Channel. Yeah.